welcome to the Virtually Done podcast. My name is Gemma and I'm the founder of Virtually Done. The Virtually Done podcast is created as a space to start important conversations that are often overlooked and speak to women in business with amazing stories and even better advice. It makes me so happy that you're here listening and I would absolutely love for you to tag me on social media at Virtually Done and let me know what you think. My hope is that you're able to take something away from every single episode that you can action into your business and that you're able to gain an insight into the behind the scenes of what running a business is really like. So let's dive in. I'm Sneha. Lots of people don't know how to pronounce my name, but that's fine. Um, I always tell my parents, why did they give me such a short but very <laughs> confusing name to pronounce? Um, but yeah, it's Sneha. So um, I stumbled my way into business so I have my background is accountancy and tax consultancy so I used to work in audit for really really big um brands like big tech giants and then I ended up um the last sort of three four years of my corporate career I was heading up an internal department internal audit department for a FTSE 100 retailer and obviously retail were, you know, the retail sector was affected so much by the pandemic. So we were sort of like a nice to have department and our whole department was unfortunately made redundant during the pandemic. I think this story uh, comes up quite a lot. And I was like, I don't know what to do next. And I don't want to move back to like London and be working like these 80, 100 hour weeks again. Um, I don't want to be away from my family. Um, I'm based in Leicester. So um, I stumbled across virtual assistants and I was like, oh I think I can do that um and then I got my first client absolutely terrible client really like no boundaries really 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 rubbish pay and then I stumbled across OBM um and I didn't like I was like I think this is like what I am this is what I'm qualified to do um and really I had to sort of sort of upskill um quite a lot and um you know just to like bridge my skills that I learned in the corporate world to the online world and yeah fast forward um yeah we I transitioned to be an ABM last August I would say <clears throat> and fast forward to like May 2022 um yeah we're now like a you know a multi six figure um you know like a boutique agency slash team um and yeah we've got a number of clients on our roster that we help and you know I have a small team of experts to support me plus we do lots of project builds and like consultancy as well so it's just growing and yeah I'm really really excited to see like where like the future like leads and how the business evolves really that's like so amazing so excited for you mm. um I think a lot of people start off as a VA and then perhaps realize that either they are actually more qualified to be an OBM. You know, yeah. maybe they've done similar work before um, for an employed in, a, in an employed role. Yeah. Um, or maybe they just quite naturally transition. Because I know that um, if you're working quite closely with clients, they start to ask you to take on more responsibility and it can kind of just happen quite naturally. So mm-hmm. for you, at what point did you realize, oh, actually, I think I want to go into OBM work? Was there a moment where it all kind of clicked into place or was it a gradual thing? Um, well, <laughs> I had, um, yeah, I think I, I think once I stumbled across the role of an ABM, that's what I knew that I, that was what I'm qualified to do. And I was, you know, I knew that I was more than qualified. Like I was, you know, leading 
like audit is basically an an OBM role, uh, really, um, in a much more larger scale. That's what I used to do in my corporate role for these massive, massive companies and strategizing, streamlining and processes and looking at the bottom line. So I knew that I was qualified to do it. I guess it was more so like, can I really do this? Like, who would want to work with me? Who would like, do people actually um, pay to have an OPM? I think it was more like my own fear um, of actually stepping into that role that was holding me back. And I should have probably taken the plunge a few months earlier. But once I did, and you know, I invested in a mentor myself and they really, really helped me make that transition, um, you know, properly into an OBM. Um, like I said, I took um, a course as well, um, just like a very practical OBM course. Um, and yeah, I sort of upskilled, you know, not upskilled, but you know, just sort of bridged those skills um, between corporate and the online world, like there's different systems like Dubsado and Asana and all those different things and learning how to do those um, within, within these online businesses and, you know, launches and how to do launch planning properly and different types of launch strategies. So once I sort of done that and I had the skills as well, like I felt confident, like I had like, you know, some resources, um, people that, you know, advice, people that I could tap into for advice, then I really, really stepped into that role. But um, yeah, I, I really do believe that the um, the learning resources that I um, invested in were really, really good and like worth their weight in gold and really gave me that confidence to be able to work in these massive multi six, seven figure online businesses. You mentioned um, a couple of like mindset sort of blocks that were getting in your way there before yeah. you did that transition where you're like oh who am I to do this will people yeah. pay um what do you think the biggest thing was that helped you move through those and maybe like I, I don't know maybe you still felt them but you did the thing anyway do you think that was investing in yourself and having a mentor or was there anything else that you did I think my mentor really really helped um like they just helped me to see like the possibilities of what it is that I could that I could do um, you know obviously the big thing with my in my mindset was um, when I used to look at other OBMs in the space or other amazing service providers they all sort of like looked a certain way they were all sort of you know I know we'll touch on this later on but they were all sort of doing reels and live videos and you know they were popping up everywhere and that's just not really in my nature and I was like well in order to do this like to be able to charge this much I'm going to have to do all of this sort of stuff that I don't feel comfortable in doing um, and I'm not this, you know, super slim, uh, pretty like person who's like going to the gym and doing all this sort of stuff and like, you know, posting so much about their life. Um, I kind of felt that you had to be a certain way, look a certain way in order, in order to be successful in this arena. And I guess what I sort of did was um, what my mentor got me to do was to create a why me list. So just to basically list out like all my experience, all my qualifications, um, you know all my experiences that I bring and I had that to like you know I had that sort of popped up on my wall just whenever I was having like a wobbly moment just to remember that I am qualified to do what I'm doing and I'm not you know I'm not trying to be someone that I'm not so that really really helped um, as well um, so yeah just to sort of overcome that mindset but I do think just getting out there and doing it anyway even if it feels scary um, and yeah I just sort of thought what's the worst that can happen on a discovery call all they can say is no they can't really do anything else so yeah that's kind of what my mindset shifted to such important points there though like I know it sounds so simple like 
work with a mentor, do it anyway. And it's one of those things, isn't it, that it's really easy to say, but actually yeah. doing it is just a complete other thing. And I think yeah. sometimes it it is about going back to those basics and like having the support and like you say, having a list of why you. Um, yeah. Sometimes it's not the super complex stuff we need to do. It's like the actually, do I have a reason to believe in myself? Like that's the yeah. biggest thing, right? Because how yeah. can you sell your services if you don't? Yeah. Um, I really want to talk about your kind of lack of video content in a moment. But before we do that, yeah. what's it like to work with such big businesses? Um, it, do you mean like in the online space or in my past corporate career? Oh, well, kind of like, um, <laughs> well, I think when I was in my corporate role, um, they sort of move you up slowly. So you start taking, like you audit like their sales, you audit their purchases and you audit sales and purchases. And then they sort of move you up this progression. So I think by the time in my last sort of role and I was heading up a whole department, I kind of understood all the moving pieces of this massive retailer. And going into online, the online business world, it is the same, I would say. The only thing that I would say is quite different in, in these large businesses um, in the online space, I mean, not as large as obviously corporate, but you know, six, seven, eight figure businesses that have that sort of revenue is they're so good at what they do. Like con my clients, I love them all. They constantly inspire me. They're so good at like the thing that they do, but I just find that they've never been taught. There's no manual really in how to run a business. Um, and I know there's a lot of posts and a lot of things running around on social media that just because you're having like a 10, 20, 30K month doesn't mean that that's profit. And so many of these large businesses, often when I come into them, they're having these really high turnover months, but they're actually not making like they're not it's not worth their while. They're not actually taking home as much as they should do. Um, and that's sort of where my role comes into is to improve like their bottom line and actually put structure and actually run their business like a business. So like still have it fun and chilled and still have that culture that they want. But, you know, you, you have to at some point you do have to run your business like a business, have departments almost and not be so involved in every single granular you know level of the business so I think that's where the sort of main differences are between both of them really but the the smaller businesses obviously that I work with now they're just so much more exciting like you know they, they're just moving and they're growing at such like a rapid pace and it's like you've got front row tickets to like be able to watch their growth and see them succeed and you know root for every single one of them that they do amazingly well and have you know smash all of their business goals each quarter. I can tell that you really love what you do and care really about your clients like it just comes through like when you're talking I can feel your excitement even yeah. though you're talking about stuff that wouldn't necessarily excite me personally you're yeah. excited so I'm excited for you <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I, let me talk about this video thing because I feel like this is the thing people are going to be like Gemma just get to the bit that we all want to know how <laughs> how have you grown a business without video yeah I mean it's crazy so when I um, started in the space like I said every single mentor like I thought okay maybe I should get a mentor and I was in two minds about getting a mentor really because I was like you know I'm I've got a business degree I'm an accountant like I know about business why on earth do I need a mentor for um and a lot of the mentors that I spoke to in my early days they were like you are never you know I've had people actually say to me you are never going to like get to like six figures seven figures in your business not that metrics matter but you know get to this sort of stage without going on going live on video and I was like no like I don't want to do this 
<laughs> and um, you know, I I just haven't like that's a hard no in my business. So I don't. I've never posted a reel. I've never done a story like talking story. I've never gone live on Instagram. I think the most I've ever done once is go live in a Facebook group um, with with someone and do like a little training. That's as far as I've gone. It's not for me. I really value like my privacy as well. Um, and, you know, I, I, don't, I don't want, you know, people <laughs> watch. I don't want to be dancing and things like that on reels. It's not it's not my jam. I'm not judgmental to have whoever does it. And I mean, good for you. And I really admire your confidence, but it's just not really for me. Um, and so how I've done it is I've just built up connections. Um, and got to know people on a like a more human level so um, one way is obviously networking I think it's so underrated um, but in every city even online um, there's some great ones in the US as well absolutely amazing to network and have coffee chats and one-to-ones with people um, that's been a really big key driver um, another thing which I got um, started with very early on was having um, like a social media VA who sort of um, she knows the types of clients that I like to work with and she will engage with them on Instagram so that's been like an amazing way as well um, then a third way I think is having beautiful brand photos um, so using like imagery like nice imagery of you keep sort of using that on your stories on your Instagram um, like all over wherever you're sort of marketing and um, you know people get to know your face they have that no like trust factor but without using video um, obviously podcasts like this one I'm hoping to start my own one um, towards the back end of this year um, so going on different people's podcasts really really helps um, and then obviously I think just doing good work um, you know the number of times I've been into clients businesses and they've been burnt by another service provider or a coach or a mentor um, and oftentimes I do find some you know not all but obviously some service providers they're so focused on the marketing aspect that they don't have time to actually do good work and over deliver and go above and beyond for their clients and I feel like that just speaks volumes like so many of our clients um, that are with us now and like we've got such a high retention rate with our clients um, they stay with us and they refer us on because we do good work and when I say we're going to get something done by this date we actually do do it um, you know so um, yeah part of it is just doing really really good work and being really supportive and being there for your clients as well and that sort of PR like is worth you know that it's weight in gold like you know people referring you and speaking really nice things about you um, and having a really good reputation. I completely agree I think it's very easy to get caught up in the signing of clients and the celebrating yeah. of all those things um, but actually, like you say, if you do really good work for people, not only will they stay with you for a long time, but they're going to talk about you. They're going to recommend you. And I think that in itself is so much more powerful than mm. kind of going on stories every day and talking to potential new people. I actually yeah. think that although it looks like you're not really doing as much marketing, if you're just giving 100 percent to your current clients, it's potentially yeah. more effective. Yeah, yeah. And that's why like I'm invested, you know, in in the rebrands. Obviously, we've moved over to the growth chain. There's it's been literally been a six-month process to really understand who are ideal audiences, who the type of people we want to work for, what sort of speaks to them. Um, and I've invested so much into that. I have a brand photo shoot coming up, um, I think next month, um, to get more images. Um, and I feel like those sorts of things, it 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 really, really does um work 
better in some instances and you know whenever I get on discovery calls with a lot of the clients I have right now one of the first things they say to me is that you know I ask them like how come you know because sometimes I, I wouldn't they're not even following me or I'm not even following them on Instagram and they will have just like completed my you know my lead capture form on Dubsado and um, I asked them I'm like how like how did you find me like what made you want to work with me just out of curiosity and uh, quite a lot of them I'd say 80% of them sort of said that it's because I don't do reels and because I don't do video they're like we can resonate with you more um, because that's something we don't want to do either in our business so I kind of feel like it's kind of worked in my favor a little bit as well and I'm just really glad that I've stuck to my own boundaries of things that I don't feel comfortable in doing because I was debating like should I do this should I not do this and it turned out like I haven't needed to do it I mean it's not to say I will never ever do video ever in my life um, but at the moment I'm quite happy with where we are and the rate that we're sort of growing at um, and I you know I don't feel like I need to do something that I don't feel comfortable with and um, yeah touching on that as well like one of the big things that you know we've we've really done I spend quite a lot of time on is like our client onboarding process uh, when a client is with us communication and touch points even the offboarding as well like we have a beautiful offboarding process so all of those things like the client experience is just like really really um luxurious white glove you'd like to say um and that really helps the retention rate as well so um yeah we try to keep our current clients whoever is on our roster really really happy um, and that, you know, that means that we don't have to keep looking for new clients as well. I mean, as an ABM, we don't need to have a lot of clients on our roster. You know, there's only so much mental bandwidth I have in, um, you know, managing lots of different businesses. So we don't we don't necessarily need a large client roster at any given time anyway. So, um, yeah, those sorts of things or the culmination of things and doing things consistently has helped um, us to grow. You, I don't know if you realise, but you're saying so many important things. I really hope people who are listening are like pausing and taking this in because something that you said there was that um a lot of your clients actually sign with you or get on a call with you at least because yeah. of the things that you don't do and I think yeah. that is so powerful and everyone listening will have like a different version of the thing that makes them uncomfortable or the thing that yes. they don't want to do yeah. but I think it's really important to remember that there is a client for everyone yeah. so if you're someone who is super bubbly and is always on stories making jokes you'll probably bring in clients who love yeah. that about you. Yeah. But then on the other hand, if you're someone who doesn't do the video stuff, like like you're saying, you will bring in clients who love that. And I think it really just highlights how important it is to embrace who you are and what you enjoy yeah. rather than doing, you know, what everyone else is doing. Because, you know, if you're like a real introvert and you force yourself to go on video and be really yeah. kind of extroverted to get clients, what will happen is you'll attract like the wrong type of client um, and then it's just going to be really difficult for you so I yeah. yeah I love that so much and I love that it's worked in your favor and it just goes to show that like if you do what feels good for you it will work for you in the long run yeah absolutely absolutely I think it's it's so important to like stay true to yourself um but I think as a service provider really what your clients want is that you're capable of doing your job um, to the best of your ability like you know we we um in the team like we have like a couple of slack channels just for learning and resources like we are always like learning upskilling um you know it's, it's a lifelong process even as an abm i will never i'll put my hands up and say i don't know everything i don't know all the intricacies about every single tech platform um, and I just find that those, you know, I have a lot of friends who are OBMs as well. And those OBMs, 
you know, all service providers as well who keep upskilling, they do different types of courses, they're curious, they always want to keep learning. I feel like they fare a lot better with their client retention rates and attracting really good quality clients because I don't know about if I don't know how you feel, but I feel like our corner of the internet, even though the internet is such a big space, I feel like in the Instagram sort of world on this corner of the internet, it is a small space and people do know each other and people do talk and they do ask recommendations and referrals. And I, I just feel like that that just goes such a long, long way, even more so I think than showing up every single day and forcing yourself to show up if you don't feel comfortable. Yeah, definitely. I mean, every time that I've hired anybody, I've always asked people mm. that I know for recommendations. Mm. Um, and I think it's just so powerful because when someone else recommends you, that person is saying, I love this person so much that I'm willing to like bet on their quality of work. Yeah. And that's huge. That's yeah. such a huge thing. And it's so powerful. Yeah. Um, so I, I love that you're talking about like your onboarding process, your offboarding process, because I think sometimes they, they are secondary. Um, yeah. People really focus on, okay, how do I market? How do I make good content? And it's like a hundred percent on the marketing. And then it's like, oh wait, how do I onboard somebody? How do I like offboard somebody? And it's like, yeah, yeah. About that. so I'm, I'm so glad you're talking about this. Yeah. Um, what does your team look like at the moment? You've mentioned a team. Yeah, so the team is quite a new thing. I probably have hired later than I should have. The team has been in place for the last couple of months. Um, basically, I had a lot of big personal things happen to me and the, the business was growing at such a large rate. Um, we were getting sort of inquiries and new clients coming in and out sort of left, right and centre. So I knew I needed a team. Um, and um, so we have an executive assistant. We have two tech VAs. Um, we have a, um, we are starting up a podcast editing management um, department almost. Uh, my little brother has come into the business and he's very, very good at that side of things. So that's a quite a nice addition we're hoping to bring into the business um, in Q3 or Q4. Um, we're just doing a beat around with people at the moment with some existing clients. And then we have a, I'm trying to think now, we have an assistant online business manager as well. So we've got quite a large team, um, but because obviously the team work, you know, on clients' businesses, obviously under my supervision um, and I delegate tasks to them, um, I don't have many team members who are on large contracts. So they are on smaller retainers so that you know if one of them is at capacity themselves or wants to go away we have like a backup option within the team um, to help with some of the tech and implementation because obviously the types of clients that I work with they have you know large launches um, and courses and programs and stuff like that being built so yeah we do have a fairly large sort of team that probably will evolve and you know we'll start streamlining that side of stuff but at the moment that's what it looks like. And how has that been? Because I feel like when hiring a team, people tend to either love it or hate it. So where are you at at the moment? <laughs> um, like I said, like when I hired my team, um, I <laughs> so at this last quarter, just to give you some context, everything big personally that could have ever happened to me has happened. So I had my brother's wedding in India and I was out of work for three weeks. Um, obviously, as you know, Indian weddings are huge family affairs and um you know, it was just mental when we went out to India. I came back from India and I got COVID and I got COVID so bad, but I was literally like laying for two weeks and I couldn't do any work. So it was literally five weeks out of the business. And then it was playing catch up with my clients. My clients were obviously so understanding and really 
supportive but obviously I know that I need to provide a service and I need to get you know going with it pronto so I hired you know I was already doing speculative recruiting because I knew this time would come so I already had like a few people in mind who I thought would be really really good um and yeah I think I found it very challenging to begin with which sounds really crazy as an OBM who finds you know who finds but I found delegating within my own business quite hard I am a perfectionist I you know the quality of work that people you know that we give to our clients has to be amazing um but I think having because we've had good structure and systems in the business if we, we use ClickUp we use Slack Voxer um you know we've got Loom we've got you know we've got all the sort of systems there ready it was easy and we you know it's very easy to delegate when you've got everything set up on ClickUp um and yeah it, you know with a, you know maybe it's been a little bit rocky with a, one or two members but you know overall I think it's been really good and it's freed up so much of my time so that I can support my clients better and I'm not doing a lot of the bulk of the implementation anymore so you know it's allowing me to expand um but it is challenging um and I'm always speculatively recruiting because you just don't know you know it's not just my own business but my clients might want an executive assistant full-time for example or they might want a tech VA so I'm always trying to build up my database of um, people that I can sort of recommend as well onto clients and for their teams as well you're gonna have so many dms after this of people yeah. I'm always <laughs> open to it like literally but as I did the website I told my web designer I was like can you please put a page about hiring or something because you know like you know even just yesterday I had a client ask me um you know do you know an executive assistant that can come on and you know I do have but you know some a lot of the good ones now if you're good you're probably at capacity so we're always on the hunt for new people um you know and if it's not for my own business it will definitely be for one of my clients businesses when they keep expanding their own teams as well so yeah I'm really open to all the dms <laughs> It's a perfect example of what we were just saying about how people ask for recommendations. So, um, yeah, you are a living example of that. Um, <laughs> can you talk to us a little bit about the fact that you're rebranding? So I know you've, you've sort of touched on it, but why yeah. did you make the decision to do that now? What are you kind of hoping it's going to, like, how are you hoping that's going to impact the business? Well, <laughs> so the funny story is when I set up this brand, whatever, I thought a brand was basically just making a logo and that was it. I didn't realise, like, what goes into branding as such and I thought oh it's probably just like you know someone's no offense to these branding strategists anyone listening but I just thought it's just like a glorified job where they put together some pretty colors on Canva and things like that I didn't realize the psychology that goes behind the branding so um, my old business name by the time this airs happy virtual desk I hated it the minute that I chose it, but I had to roll with it because I just needed something to, to sort of work with. And it took me a really long while to even come up with another business name that I felt happy with. Um, and the new branding, I think it just reflects the business a lot more. Um, what we're sort of what I'm trying to hope to convey to people is that we're very like a very inclusive, integrity-driven business um and you know the new branding is going to reflect you know the type of clients that we work with you know we want to work you know a really big value for me is that the client that I work with is ethical you know in all parts you know of their business you know they're ethical in the way they charge the way they work with clients you know the way they interact um that's all very important and I want that sort of you know 
portrayed and the branding and it has been a process you know I never realized about you know different font fonts uh different colors different you know how that what that speaks to each sort of to our audience so it's been definitely an educational journey for me but I'm really really excited by the um end result and you know you've had a sneak peek at this as well so yeah I'd love to get to know your thoughts as well on it <laughs> Uh, do you know what I love I was looking through and I loved what you've put together I think it now that I know more about you and your brand and how your clients work it just makes sense you know when you yeah. see something visually and it just it aligns with how you speak about what you do yeah. and I think that's a huge thing in branding and I'm a nightmare people who do branding probably hate me because I change mine every five minutes <laughs> um, so don't, definitely don't take any branding advice from me um yeah. but I think what tends to happen especially with a lot of my clients is that they start off with this kind of um you know random business name that they come up with and maybe a couple of colors like you say in a font and then they get to this place in their business where they're kind of up leveling and they want the value that they give to be represented in everything and sometimes yeah. there's a misalignment between, between the kind of visual aspect and the what you actually do and the impact you want to have um so I quite often see people do this whole sort of like right I'm burning my branding to the ground starting again yeah, yeah. And I think it's amazing because you get to see the difference between what you started when you probably didn't really know what you were doing in business no. compared to now. And I think that's such a nice thing to yeah. see. Before. I, did, I didn't know like what a copywriter was. I didn't know. I didn't know anything. I was like, what, what is the thing? I paid like 60 quid for my logo. And I thought that was my branding. Done. I, I just didn't, I didn't, didn't even realize that this is what goes into it. And it was, I mean, the branding process was really, really amazing. Like, you know, cause I said to my branding designer, I said, like this, this whole brand is not about me. Um, I said, it's about my ideal client, you know, because I looked at a colour palette um, and I thought, oh, this looks really nice. But actually, when I put it on the website and when I started using it on Instagram, it looked really dark and uninviting. Um, so, um, yeah, I said to it, it's not about me. This is about the business. Um, and I think taking my own personal preferences to a degree out of the process has helped it to be like you know really nice and it will stand out hopefully as well when you know people are scrolling or when people you know go on the website as well so it, it's been definitely been an amazing process and I've learned so much myself about how you know this all works this whole creative side of things you learn as you go with business don't you and yeah. I think that's one of the main reasons that even when things are a bit scary you have to kind of do it anyway because sometimes yeah. until you've done it you don't learn the thing and I think if you waited until you knew everything like you would just never get anything done would you yeah yeah absolutely yeah I totally agree <laughs> well thank you so much for for sharing more about your journey on the podcast because I think there's so many takeaways in this that are so important that maybe don't get talked about as much as they should be yeah. um where can people come and find you if they want to slide in your dms and ask to be hired where, where yeah. can they find you? so by the time this airs the instagram handle will hopefully have changed to the growth chain um and the website will be www.thegrowthchain.co.uk we should hopefully have a page um you know so if you are a service provider virtual assistant executive assistant tech vas always welcome in my um dms as well we're always on the hunt for more tech vas of capacity web um people who sort of make landing pages and opt-in pages if any of those sorts of people copywriters please do slide in my dms because we, we always have stuff coming up with not if it's not for ourselves it's for my, our clients so i'm always always on the hunt and always making a list of really good people that i can recommend 
And also people should just come and have a look at your new branding because yeah yeah so it's like a two-stage thing so hopefully like the branding will be done and then I've got um a photo shoot with Bry I don't know if you know yes yes love yeah I'm really really excited so we've got that at the end of June so um yeah we'll have some nice new images and I'm like trying to like um go shopping at the moment and but not to buy too many things um, because all about sustainability and like you know not buying loads and loads of clothes as well so um yeah looking at some like rental and depop and stuff like that so that's what I'm doing at the moment it's just trying to put together like clothes and props and stuff like that so yeah <laughs> so exciting that is one of my favorite bits you know getting all the um the outfits together I and mean, like you say renting some stuff getting the props together like yeah. I love that yeah if you've got any advice or anything send it send it my way <laughs> <laughs> I will do I will do well thank you again for joining us I'm sure people love this episode please go over and just kind of say hi um, if you get the chance have a look at that new branding have a look at the services slide in the dms um and hopefully people will will get in touch and reach out to you and just let you know what they thought of the podcast yeah absolutely yeah thank you so much for having me Gemma thank um, you yeah it's been really it's, it's like such a such a surreal moment because obviously as I said at the beginning if you were someone that I really looked up to um when and I still do you know um you know when I first ever came into this space you were one of the first sort of virtual assistants that I ever came across I think you were still running your agency at that point you've just been featured in the Daily Mail and I was like wow like she's so inspirational and she's in the UK she's not in the US doing all these things so um yeah it's just really surreal and it's like quite a nice moment for me to be on your podcast and yeah feel you know that I've reached that level to be on your podcast as well so um yeah thank you so much for having me 